0: You can listen to episodes of Conversations with Joe earlier than everybody else and completely ad-free on Nebula. When you sign up for Nebula, our creator-owned streaming service, you not only get access to ad-free content from my channel, you also get bonus episodes in my videos and exclusive series not available anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe to support the podcast and get more eye-opening content. Hi, and welcome to another Answers with Joe podcast, where today I'm talking with Ben Sullins, who runs the YouTube channel Teslanomics, which explores Tesla and all things Elon Musk from a data geek perspective. He talks all about his background, how he got started with his channel, what life is like being a Tesla owner, he drives a Model S, and he's going to be attending the Model 3 launch event this Friday and has some pretty amazing predictions about what we could expect from this event, and this is a big deal, so you definitely want to listen for that. But before we jump into it, this podcast is brought to you by CankerBoy.com. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions about canker sores is that they're caused by a virus, and in most cases, this is not true. It's actually caused by an overreaction in your immune system. But the good news is that overreaction can be regulated, and that's what CankerBoy does. It's a once-a-day supplement that keeps your immune system working properly and reduces or eliminates canker sores in 75% of people who try it. It comes with a two-month risk-free trial, so you got nothing to lose. Just go to CankerBoy.com. That's C-A-N kerbo to learn more. So Ben and I recorded this podcast over video chat, and I don't know if he had a bad signal or if it was peak time of day or something, but we, we did have some spots where the connection wasn't great. So I apologize for any glitches in the sound here, but I think for the most part it came out all right. Anyway, that's enough for me. Let's just go right into it. Here's my interview with Ben Sullins. Enjoy. Most of the people that watch my channel are very, familiar with the Elon Musk and the Tesla and all that stuff. And I don't know how many of them know your channel, but uh, just go ahead. And um, for anybody who might not have heard of your channel, what, what exactly is it about? What do you do? How do you describe it?
1: Yeah. So, so my channel is Teslanomics and uh, it, we decode the economics behind Tesla. So this came, you know, the reason this exists is because I am a data geek. I've been a data scientist since 98 showing my age a little bit, and I've always been fascinated with looking at facts and information and trying to find the underlying meaning um, versus listening to, like, you know, people in the media. Uh, ironic now that I'm in the media, I guess, but <laughs> anyways, you know, instead of looking at, like, uh, like the opinions or maybe whatever, I always wanted to see the data and see what happened. So, that's what I've done for almost 20 years in kind of corporate uh, and then I started making YouTube videos about this. Uh, and really, it's funny. Uh, it all started by my wife asking me how much money we were saving after we bought our Tesla. So yeah. I kind of sold her on this like, hey, we're gonna be saving money on gas. Gas is expensive, the price is going up. And she's like, yeah, 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 okay, fine. We have a kid, we need to save, it's the safest car that, that you can buy, whatever. And so we got it, and we did all that. So uh, I made a video. It's showing just basic spreadsheet, 720p, like horrible lighting, just the worst video I've <laughs> ever made by far. Yeah. And within a week of publishing that video, showing money I was saving um, over paying for a uh, car, it got like 200,000 views or something, and it blew me away. I was like, "Oh my god!" I had 800 subscribers, like nobody cared about anything I was doing, basically in YouTube terms. Um, and, and then, you know, so I was like, okay, well maybe people want me to talk about Tesla. So I did another Tesla video and it was another, you know, 150,000 the first week. Uh, and I was like, wow. Okay. And then I'm like, all right, maybe I'm going to, maybe people just love data and, 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 you know, cause I'm a data scientist, right? So I just love looking at data So I'm like, maybe people just love data. So I made a video about the election at the time. And I did some real, you know, kind of, uh, d- deep dives into the data and nobody Zero people cared. Uh, on the, and I realized it because, you know, CNN and Fox and all the big media companies are already covering these things, uh, you know, a thousand times over. So mm-hmm. I'm nobody. And, no, and YouTube and everyone else, nobody cares, wants to hear me talk about politics or anything else. So I did, you know, so then I realized, okay, Tesla's the thing. And so, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know. so can I interrupt you real quick and say how much I yeah. hate you? <laughs> like, like it, it took me a year and a half at least before I got cumulatively the number of views that you got in your first two videos. But anyway, go on. Well, I
1: had been making, don't don't
0: take it personally. I hate you, but go ahead. (laughs) It's okay. I still love you.
1: Uh, I had been making videos for a while, but yeah, nobody cared at all. It was just, I hit on that, on that thing that, that people liked about, you know, what I, what I was, was sharing. So, um, Yeah. So then I, you know, in January I said, okay, I'm just going to go wholesale on Tesla and do my thing. Like, uh, you know, and so that's what the channel is. I look at data. I find interesting things. I always try to find actual information to analyze. And then I try to either come up with the analysis myself or look at someone else's analysis and kind of comment on that maybe why it's good or why it's bad or what's missing. Mm -hmm. Um, So every week that's what I bring. I bring this kind of analytical view uh, to Tesla and, and uh, I'm not a car guy. I really don't cars, course, whatever uh, I'm a tech guy And so I love tech and Tesla's are like the only cars worth a damn when it comes to tech in my opinion
0: Well, they're a computer um, on wheels basically
1: it, Yeah, exactly a- and they're one of the only companies that actually make physical things You know, I've worked in high tech for a lot of years. I worked at a lot of big, you know tech companies in Silicon Valley and I am just so bored with all the crap that they're making you know it's like the latest innovation is like a a new way to put makeup on through a different uh filter or something for snapchat or something like that and it's just to me the digital world is not nearly as exciting as the physical world there aren't many companies out there making exciting physical products uh like you know other than tesla
0: Mm mm-hmm well so uh I, I want to give you some credit as much as I hate you that uh, you know w- once you did kind of go in whole hog on the uh, on the Tesla thing like you said you've done a great job on your branding um you know you got a cool logo and and you you know you adapted a cool name and all that kind of stuff and and you've um, you've been doing a lot of things right and it's showing in in the growth of your channel your your channel's doing really well and I want to commend you and congratulate you on that it's it's been it's been well, cool to watch the the thing take off
1: thanks man i mean i appreciate it i mean I, you just started I, last uh, year right work hard uh january officially is like rebranded and stuff yeah but yeah year, when
0: you're talking about the election that was that was just last year
1: yeah 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 it, it, my <laughs> first my first tesla video was november okay yeah it was like late november but no, then i didn't that's, really that's get impossible. serious until yeah Thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun. You know, um, prior to making YouTube videos and, and doing the Teslanomics thing, um, and still to this day, actually, I, I make uh, data science training courses on uh, LinkedIn Learning, um, cool. which was formerly lynda.com, and um, at Pluralsight, which is another online learning thing like uh, like like Linda is. And so I've been making content for a while. Um, and, 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 you know, it was just different because it was all screencasts. There was no live shots, no video, yeah. um, and it, it was all just super technical. It was, hey, in uh, in, in Python two point six, here's how you work with Hadoop, here's how you do these things, mm-hmm. right? And it's okay, great. So it's all just I would code her and I would you know code up some cool thing and then make a course about it. So uh, you know it's quite different doing YouTube. Uh, but it still feels like you know this content um, creation business is kind of you know it's all it's all kind of uh, little orbs you know circulating the the the, mm-hmm. the sun or something like that.
0: So you do have a bit of a background in, in content creation and, and educational type stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I have I have the, the idea of okay, I want to teach something, and here's what I want to teach, and here's where I want people to start and here's where I want them to end after I'm done teaching them. Mm-hmm. And and then now let me lay out a path to go from, you know, start to the end. Um, and with a course, like a pipe course or something, it's totally cut and dry. You know, I assume you know nothing and at the end you're going to make this thing. And here are all the steps you need to make that thing. Very easy. Mm-hmm. In In video, it's, as you know, it's more nuanced it's more filmmaker like it's more storytelling you know mm-hmm. and then there's the whole aspect of video like how do you even do something you know uh and like what kind of camera do you need what kind of all that crap so it's yeah. been a learning curve but um yeah i mean i'm going full board my goal is to be done making uh these training courses because i'm still doing that kind of and then um next year just to be 100 percent youtube yeah um, so the
0: training so, courses are your bread and butter right now
1: yeah, they, they still represent the majority of my income yeah. um, and, and support the family and all that kind of thing. So still got to uh, nurture that a little bit. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, hopefully next uh, next year, you know, full-blown media empire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, there you go. So, so when you talked about it a second ago, like you said that you were kind of frustrated, I guess, pre the YouTube channel with the way data is represented in the media and stuff like that? I think that's actually an interesting topic and I'd like to discuss that a little bit because especially with things like, well, the election you pointed out, there was, you know, people like to think that numbers tell the whole story, but they can be interpreted in different ways. And, uh, you know, especially with things like climate change comes to mind and the way people tweak that data and change what it means and find justifications. It's kind of like, you know, I, I was saying the other day, I think our minds are justification machines. We just find ways to justify the way we already think instead of trying to find a, a, an objective reality. We try to, you know, find something that fits what makes us feel good. So, yeah. so we can do that with data. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit or what sure. you know, some frustrations and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, so what you're describing there, right? We call confirmation bias, right. which I'm sure you've talked about and know of. And so that's, that's what the media generally is, <laughs> you know, um, whether watch cnn or fox news they have their agendas and they have their audience and uh they go look for data as a validator to support their view whatever it may be um which is which is human it's a very human mm-hmm. way of, of going about it right uh this is where hopefully ai can save uh <laughs> <from> ourselves <laughs> uh, uh but or wipe us but, out but, uh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah either way uh either way we'll be good we'll either be totally gone and we don't care or <laughs> you know, we'll be better. But uh, let, let me give you an example of, of where this plays out. And you mentioned the election. So I'll just have one thing to talk about about that. And that was um, the unemployment rate. So when, uh, when the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out the jobs report, and we look at the unemployment rate, we're looking at the overall unemployment rate for a nation of 300 something million people. Mm -hmm. and extremely large geographic distribution of people so you know you have you have very different right we've been talking about rural versus urban areas. very different things happen so when you sum up a, a nation this big uh into a single number you lose a lot of the detail and a lot of the context right and this is where data gets really gets used very poorly right so and, and an economist will understand this right an economist yeah. will look at it and go oh the the uh the, the unemployment rate currently is 4.4 percent or i don't know what the latest jobs report says uh and, and and then the media will run wild with that right and go like oh it's the best economy we've had in 30 years and the sensational headline they're playing on human psychology and that's what actually gets people to click and to watch and all yeah. those things, as me and you both know as YouTubers, right? There's an aspect <laughs> of human psychology to being successful in the media.
0: You've, so, you've got clickbait on your shirt, so I know you know what you're yes. talking
1: about. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so that's the thing, um, you know, people find data uh, or they, they have the, these data points, and then they turn them into sensational headlines mm-hmm. to support their business and to grow their business. And that's 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 just how it works. Uh, I don't think it's right, but I understand it because if you said something like if your headline was, you know, it has uh, unemployment or unemployment at four percent. However, in rural areas, it's actually up towards sixteen percent, and in urban areas, it's down as you know one point three percent. It's not as interesting, right? It's not you're yeah. not going to watch that. you're not going to click on that. Um, so I wish we could educate the public like I wish at some elementary school level, you had a way in in math class not just to learn algebra and how to actually use math, but how to look at numbers and understand that there's more nuance there than than perhaps what the headline shows. yeah, um, because if we all had that understanding. Uh, we may look at something, and, you know, and, you know, so so polar opposites will get up there or would get up there in the election and say, unemployment's the best it's ever been. But see, she's missing the point that there are a lot of people in certain parts of the country that don't feel that way at all. Yeah. And then Trump goes up and says, it's, unemployment's 80%, which is also totally wrong, <laughs> right?
0: Like <laughs> neither, that resonates with those people.
1: Yeah, like neither yeah. of those stats truly capture the nuance of, of the truth mm-hmm. and that's why I feel data is so important because it is one of the things that represents the truth mm-hmm. you know it's how we interpret it that where the lies come in right so that, that, that that's where it, it gets skewed and gets to the point so I guess that's why I'm so in love is because I feel like and it is hard to have an objective view no matter who are we're all human um, yeah that's why I'm in love with data though because it is one of the few things that are objectively true like yeah. it, this event occurred and I have evidence of it. That's it. Like how but, I interpret that can can be, yeah. can, uh, is subject to debate.
0: Yeah, well, I, I agree so much with what you're saying right now because I, I've been saying that what needs to be taught, and I think this goes right along with that, is is media criticism and, yeah. and being able to interpret. I mean, we are living, I mean, we. I hate this term, but we're living in a post-fact society now, you yeah. know, where where any piece of information that you want to again, justify your, your worldview is out there somewhere and you can just go, you know, and you can take a piece of data and you can twist it however you want. But, um, but that goes right along with it. Being able to interpret actual data in an objective way is something that we need to be teaching people in school. You know, that, that should be part of the core curriculum uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Of course, the powers that be may not want people to think that, but, or think that way. <laughs> But, um, you know, another thing about it just came to mind that what you were saying, again, I worked at the Dallas Morning News for 12 years, but I wasn't in the news side. I was on the advertising side.
1: Mm.
0: And um,
1: so, so, you I, know, this business inside and out.
0: I like to think so. I mean, I think I've got ai <laughs> think I've got a perspective on it that most people don't, you know, um, and I had, you know, we, we could go down that rabbit hole a little bit. But, you know, I was in some meetings with clients where they were mad because there was a, a news story that was written about and that they didn't like. And, and they lost Mm -hmm. money for that, you know, and and Uh, it's so, yeah, there's on one hand you got to run a business, but on the other hand, you're sort of a public servant in a way. And, and, and so how do you balance that? It's a real, it's a real challenge. And I get that. Um, But no, where I was going with that was I, we have a guy who was one of the, he was so good. He was one of the few people that didn't have to be at the office. He he like actually lived in Chicago and just telecommuted. And, Mm. um, but he was our, our research analytics data guy. Now he was barely a human being. He was like, as <laughs> he was just like, you know, data from Star Trek. He was like, uh, yeah. anyway, but whenever we had a, a a talk with him, he would, he would go through, it was, I literally was like, where's a seatbelt for this? Cause Cause he had to strap in, he would, he would go through all these numbers and he would send over just charts and stuff. And I'm like, what the, I I don't know what any of this is, you know, but what was beautiful and, and there's a real talent. this, This is probably something that you've got is that he would take this just salad of numbers and go through it and like create a picture of who the audience is, what they want, what they're looking for. And and by the time we were done, it was just like, oh my god, this is like I can do so much with this. That's amazing. And and there's something about kind of reading the matrix of all those numbers yeah. and, and, and the charts and the stats to be able to create a picture out of it. That's that's really um, valuable. Well, it's,
1: it, it's the that's what you pay data scientists for, right? Yeah. And. A good data scientist is somebody like a senior one, so I was the Chief data Officer for Sight for a while, so I had three different teams and, and all that but I so for, you know from somebody that's hired a lot of these people and been in the field for a long time, the big difference is what you pointed out is the ability to take that salad of numbers and turn it into something that people that understand this stuff act upon and understand mm-hmm. that's that's where you that, that's why you need a human right because we haven't taught machine how to interpret really complex things and make them readable for us, right? Yes. You can have a machine, in fact, lots of, it's a really exciting part of the data world right now is these kind of automated insights where you, you unleash some, uh, some neural nets or some different algorithms on these giant sets of data and they spit out all these things that you probably never would have found,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: But half of them, if not more, are totally erroneous. They're, they're, they're completely meaningless. <laughs> so like, I'll give you an example. Uh, I set up a system like this at Pluralsight and we, we just called it the metric system. So it was an app on your phone. And like, let's say sales dropped uh, one day significantly. Well, it, it, the sales, uh, it, it would find other um, other metrics we were tracking that had similar patterns of volatility during that exact same time period and, and then show them to you as like, oh, hey, sales dropped uh, significantly outside of what we would call normal meaning we have confidence bands and all these kind of things so we were very scientific about it um, and, and it said hey maybe these maybe one of these other things were also significant and played a role in that and so it would have things like uh, you know a, a, a large number of people were on vacation or um, you know our our phones down or, or those kind of things things that may actually play uh, play in it other ones maybe we changed the the color on the website or of the logo which also may play a role, but it's probably a bit more erroneous, right? Yeah. Or, or, or you, got, you have these like random things, and so the computer can't discern because to it they all look meaningful, right? But right, it takes yeah. a human to interpret those things, and that's where you know people like me and you know teams that I've had and stuff really come into play. So you're right. I mean, that's the thing that 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 is valuable. It's not actually doing the math or or making the charts. It's figuring out what the hell does that mean, and mm-hmm. so. In the data world, uh, I don't know if we have a special term for this. It's kind of like the knowledge pipeline. So it, it starts out by saying that you have, at the base level, you have data. And data is just log of events, typically. Um, <laughs> they could be other things, but it's like, hey, uh, this stoplight turned on or or off. Or, hey, this person visited your website and then they clicked on this page. Each one of those things are just events that we're logging. Uh, by themselves, they're meaningless. There's just a giant pile of numbers or events and whatever. So then you have to apply some context. Oh, this person went to this page and that page happened to be a landing page for this marketing campaign. So now I can, I can tick up a little metric of, oh, you, this marketing campaign got a visitor. So now we apply context to the raw data and we have information. And so now we have something that is so, sort of meaningful or at least informative to us. Oh, this campaign has X click-through percentage, right? It has these things that we can use in marketing efforts. And then you give those to a human that knows a little bit about that marketing campaign. Oh, we're using this branding or hey, that campaign is similar to this one or whatever, right? We're targeting this kind of group. That's when you get knowledge. And so you, you take a human, you know, plus these other, these other steps it goes through and now you have knowledge of something then you can make a decision and actually improve your business. So mm-hmm. that's your typical like uh, uh, sales pitch of like why science team because you're just kind of flying blind, right? And you, you're running totally on gut instinct, or you're looking at a bunch of uh, a number salad and you don't know how to you know which way is up, right. right? So you need somebody to go through those things and and figure that out for you so you can actually data effectively. And this is why data science is sort of the, you know, sexiest field of the 21st century, is because you see companies like Facebook who just go from, you know, uh, a couple million users to a billion users in, you know, under five years, mm-hmm. and you go, holy shit, why did they, how did they do that? Well, they did it by looking at the data and having a, a, a fleet of data scientists figuring out, fine-tuning all the little pieces to make them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's the gist of the whole industry and why it's so valuable.
0: That's a, this is a really cool conversation. I want to get back to Tesla though. (laughs) No, that's, that's really, that's really interesting stuff. But uh, so, so you uh, had this data science background. Was that something that influenced your interest in, in Tesla or uh, like what, do you just like electric cars? I mean, I know that I mean when the Roadster first came out I was like wow this is really cool somebody's that was a long time ago too I'm like specifically <laughs> picturing myself in an old job when I first read that uh but but I remember right off the bat I was like this is this is really awesome and uh just kind of watching them grow over the years and god I wish I bought stock way back then but uh <laughs> is that kind of the same thing with you like what, were you on board from the beginning or was it more of a, a data driven you know, I, I was
1: I was intrigued by them from the beginning, um, but I, I didn't see the mass market play at the time um, mm-hmm. because I don't think really many people did. Uh, otherwise, you know, we we all would have invested. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've been uh, I've been previously prior to being a data scientist, I would consider myself a technologist. Like when I started in technology uh, in yeah the late '90s, w- there weren't really specific job roles a couple different roles. But basically, if you were a tech guy, you did everything, right? Mm-hmm. You fixed laptops, you, you <laughs> know, wrote code, you analyzed you analyzed data, you did everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I've been, you know, I grew up in that era of, hey, uh, I'm, I'm a journeyman when it comes to technology, I can make websites, I can analyze data, I can do all these different things. I found my specialty. and And so I've been in love with technology for a long time, I've been, you know, tied my career and a big part of my life to it. So when Tesla really started making a push in that, that area, I, I was obviously gravitated towards them. And I, I have this like extremely high bar for what I want technology to, to do. And hardly any company even comes close. Tesla's probably probably the one that has come closest to where I get in or, or I use their products and I go, okay, this is cool. Like, like I'm impressed or I like that. Um, and again, it probably has to go back to they're doing something in the physical world. Uh, whereas, you know, we've had this bar of soap phone for, you know, 11 years or something now, and it basically has gotten better, but it's still basically a bar of soap, you know, device. It's basically a screen.
0: <laughs> I so shower on mine all the time, so. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. See, there you go. There's now, if you could. For that. If you could, if the phone could act as a bar of soap, I would be impressed.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a real improvement.
1: Yes. If I could take my coffee cup and set it on my phone or my iPad or something and have it heat up the coffee, I would be impressed.
0: Right? I've heard that but somewhere if you can before. T- Did you get that from somewhere? No. No, no, no. I, I've, I've always. Somebody was t- talking about it, like the, anyway. You know, yeah.
1: So, so te- Tesla is one of the few companies I think that is truly innovating um from like a physics standpoint instead of just uh you know let me make a better selfie app
0: <laughs> standpoint. yeah yeah new, new filters on the tesla yeah um,
1: and, and, and so- i think they have a long way to go too um sure. i think yeah. it's still i i still am i guess i i don't want to say disappointed but uh i see a, a, a infinite road ahead of advancements they could make even with the current hardware that they that they have today Mm -hmm. you know like self-driving well not even that just like just take the car is today and apply all the amazing like advancements in software that that could be done so for example uh i can um ask alexa over here to turn on and off my lights right yeah i i can ask it to turn the ac on i can um i can voice activate and and do all of these things right um, I can even have it order me food and stuff like that. Well, Teslas have voice commands built in, um, but they're so limited, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't have and, – and, and I believe the reason is because they don't have APIs in the, in the, in the computer yet uh, for the voice system to talk to the hardware system that well. So I can tell it like, hey, call so-and-so or navigate me here, right? Whatever, basic stuff, or play this song. I want to get in and say – um, turn the AC on you know I, I want to be able to get in and say mm-hmm. adjust my mirrors or you know I, I or you know uh, m- make the window m- make the overhead all glass roof more tinted right now or make it less tinted I, I want to be able to voice command my car with everything I can do from touching a button uh, or or you know their kind of digital interface by voice And so that's something that all they have to do is build the APIs for it because Mm -hmm. obviously those functions already exist. I can do it manually and you just need to make the connection from the voice to that. So uh, things like that, right? Like I think you could basically take the existing car and improve it 10 times over what it is today Mm -hmm. um, without any new technology having to be invented.
0: So it sounds like you watched a lot of Knight Rider as a kid. (laughs) No, how much would you pay for that to be able to have like the three red bars that talk (laughs) back to you on the panel? I would pay for that.
1: Just like a little, I'm sure somebody could figure it out. I mean, it has a web browser built in, so I'm sure we could figure it out.
0: That would be cool. Uh, no, those are some good points. I mean, me not having a Tesla, I didn't know how, um, the voice activation was a part of it or not. But like, uh, you know, again, I was just on vacation this last week and my car is 12 years old. (laughs) And it's funny, you mentioned earlier, the whole Volkswagen diesel thing. Mine was just before that happened. Like mine was just out of that, that range. So I didn't get to benefit from that whole scandal, but, um, and I like my car. It's a, it's a TDI gets 50 miles a gallon. And, nice. and it's lasted forever. It's starting to show its age a little bit. Actually, I, I took it into the, to the dealer last week. And it was like, well, here's the laundry list of things that like, it's literally, it's going to cost more than the car's worth. Like, I literally said that to the guy. I was like, is my car even worth that much? He was like, mm.
1: yeah, this, <laughs> like, th- th- this gets to a big question about Tesla's that people don't understand. Right. So what'd you say your car was 12 years old?
0: It was a 2005. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, 12 years old for a car, it, you have it longer than a lot of people, right? A lot of oh, people totally. have their cars yeah. five, seven years at, at, at most. So, so you're already kind of, uh, you know, on, on the bell curve here. You're on the far end. Oh, totally. um, but people have this notion that because my, my cell phone battery only lasts two years before it's totally fried um, and my laptop battery is the same way, that my car is going to be the same. Um, but the deal is uh, we have data on this now showing that a Tesla car battery should last up to 310,000 miles before you really need to replace it. Um, So other parts of the car are gonna go out well before then. Um, As well, you're probably not gonna have the car that long. Yeah. Right. So- Weren't they
0: saying eight years in the beginning? It seems like I heard that somewhere that the batteries would last about eight years and you might wanna get them replaced after eight years.
1: Eight years is the warranty that they offer. Oh, okay. So you have an eight-year infinity mile, which sounds so much cooler than a limited miles. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's the same thing. That's um, a Tesla magic. <laughs> that's their marketing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, th- that's the typical warranty. Um, but, yeah, the data, the data we have, and there's literally uh, thousands and thousands of, of, of uh, observations, we would say, right, uh, of people th- that do a full cycle, meaning they run it down to zero and then up to 100. Because that's how you'll know when once you run it up to a hundred from zero, you'll know exactly how much capacity you have left. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they're measuring this. These guys have been doing this on this Google sheet uh, for a few years now, and that data is, you know, suggesting that we're looking. Tesla batteries are going to last basically forever. You know, longer than you'll have the car for sure.
0: I, I, yeah, I heard. I did hear that recently that it's, it it only goes down to maybe ninety percent of its original. Uh, but, yeah. but it's pretty sharp it's a pretty sharp curve and it? like if you, you lose whatever that five or ten percent it is in the beginning and then it just kind of like stays yeah the at that point. yeah okay it, 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 cool. it kind of flattens out yeah. yeah yeah uh well that that's cool and it's funny it's um it's kind of the similar thing with my car when I got that diesel that was the whole reason I got that was because I wanted it, it was the first new car I'd ever bought you know, I'd had I'd, I'd leased a car and I'd I'd had a used car before, but that was the first new car that I outright bought, and I was like, I want this to last forever. And so I got the diesel, and and the, when I bought it, the guy was like, Oh yeah, the car's gonna fall apart around that engine. And of course, my imp- impression at the time was the car's gonna last a really long time. And now that I've had it a while, I know what he means is the car's gonna fall apart <laughs> around the engine, which is what yeah. is starting to happen. Lots of lots of. uh noise in the car when I drive it now. But, um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's encouraging to, to know that the, that the Teslas are on that same kind of track because clearly that's where my mind is. I'm not I'm not somebody that goes and buys a new car every time a new one comes out. I'm, I would rather pay it off as fast as I can and just have it. You
1: know. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I bought my Tesla used uh, for about half price of what it was new uh, mm-hmm. because again, I'm not a car guy, right? I mean, I don't need the latest and greatest thing right. And it's still an unbelievable automobile, you know, even used without autopilot. It's still, uh, I mean, if you've never been in one, you get in it and it's like, the, it's like, whoa, I'm in the future all of a sudden, right? Even though, <laughs> even though it's a four-year-old car already. So,
0: oh, what I was starting to say a second ago was again, you know, we had a, a rental car last week while we were on vacation and it was, it was just a Mazda. It wasn't anything fancy, but it it was the keyless kind. You press the button and the car starts. And it was, yeah. it was like watching, the Marx Brothers or something. When we first got in that car, because my wife and I both have key cars, we're older cars, and we're like, "How do you start this car?" <laughs> I mean, seriously, we sat there for ten minutes trying to figure out how to start the car before I realized, yeah. "Oh, you gotta, you gotta hold the brake down before you." Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> The Teslas are just like you just sit down and then the, the wait. Uh, you have to tap the brake. The car, right?
1: You get in and you tap the brake and then it's on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah.
1: And, and you like do that kind of natural, anyways, you get in and, and hit the brake. Just Yeah, well, one of the things, um, so I'm doing a video on this. Uh, there, there are all these like bad habits, I guess, that you develop after owning a Tesla for a long time. <laughs> uh, and, and one of them is you get in other cars and you just expect it to be on. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my wife's car it happens all the time. I get in and, and I'm like, why can't I go? Like, what's wrong with this thing? I'm like, she's like, you have to turn it on. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I don't need, <laughs> like, how do I, oh, okay, there's a button. Okay, geez. Uh, and, and then the, the other one, the exact same thing. Um, when, you, when, when you park your Tesla, you just, you know, hit park and then you get out and leave. There's no, there's no locking. There's no turning it off. You just get out and go. It's done. It figures the rest out for you. And so I will, I will constantly get out of my wife's car And just leave it running and walk away (laughs) and she's like hey you have to turn her off i'm like oh shit okay and and hers has the uh hers has a key fob button thing too so it'll start beeping loudly as you walk away i'm like oh okay dummy so it's funny all these bad habits you develop as a dummy 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 (laughs) yes i think that's what it says yeah exactly but no it's it's uh it's it's weird yeah and i i'm thankful because I've always wondered, like, why doesn't why isn't the car smarter? Why doesn't it know that I'm leaving and it should just turn off and lock? You know, like, why doesn't yeah, it know these yeah. things? So they seem to me now as, like, basic things. But if it's the first time you experience it, you'll be like, whoa, what's going
0: on? <laughs> this cool. is
1: weird. Yeah. Also, uh,
0: you know, on that same topic of the car lasting a long time, um, one thought that has occurred to me is how – and maybe they have a, a, a process in mind for this and you can speak to that, but how future proof is it in terms of, I mean, you, you've got the hardware and it, it is sort of a computer on wheels and computers can become outdated pretty quickly. So do they upgrade that over time? Or is it sort of like the hardware is kind of set and it's just the software is going to kind of adjust for it?
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's uh the hardware is set and it's uh, software updates is what you get. Yeah. Um, but this, Updates are pretty pretty significant. Even recently, they did an update to uh, not not mine, but some of the newer Model S's and X's to give them more range and more performance. Um, so they're just finding uh, because basically the the electric motor and all the hardware components of the car are controlled by software. Right. So they can find like more efficient ways of running the engine, essentially, um, or you know, giving you AC mm-hmm. or. Well, one of my favorites that, that I got, and this is uh, you know, if you have uh, kids or, or pets, is uh, the car, it, it automatically will never get above a certain temperature um, it, because it, it doesn't want you to leave a dog in the car and have it die or something like that, right? Oh, okay. Which is a thing that happens, right? Yeah. This really happens. So it's totally sad, but Tesla realized, hey, we can just solve this with a simple software update that will just automatically make sure the car never gets above a certain degree above a certain, it may be extremely uncomfortable, but you're not going to die. Right. So it literally is probably 10 lines of code and you're saving lives. And that just one day I I woke up and I got in and and, and, you know, it's a big giant screen. So when you get in, it has this big thing of like release notes. uh, And that was one of them. And I was like, Oh shit, that's so that's, that's amazing that your car continues to get better, you know, from range and performance for, for some cars and even from safety. So there's all these things. In fact, right now there's a thing of uh, Tesla's being stolen um, somehow. I heard that.
0: Yeah, I heard that. this Yeah, time.
1: and and people don't really know what's going on. Uh, this, by the way, um, to me is one of the biggest vulnerabilities of a Tesla. I could unlock my car from my phone, yeah. right? Soon, I will be able to unlock my car and hit a button and have it drive to wherever I'm at. <laughs> the only security to get to make that happen is my username and password. That's not good <laughs> yeah. because people are notoriously bad with username and passwords. So uh, things like that, right? So uh, apparently people are somehow hacking the software or whatever and, and being able to steal Teslas and Tesla's already working on a fix and they, they, you know, they should have one here within a week or something they said.
0: Yeah. So it's one of those They're things. They're reactive to that kind of stuff, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be, right? Yeah. But because because the car is essentially a computer on wheels, you can continually improve it. And they all have their own internet connection. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, potentially you could take that offline somehow, but yeah, um, it will improve, but the hardware is pretty much set. Now, there are some updates, like I have a 3G connection, newer ones have a 4G LTE connection. I can go pay 500 bucks at the service center and they'll upgrade that for me. So there are some things you can do, uh, but like if I want a bigger battery, that's $20,000. So right. not, gonna, not gonna do that, right? Yeah.
0: Well, that whole hacking thing is what I always hear whenever I talk about self-driving cars. Um, mm. People immediately like, oh, somebody could hack the entire network and drive everybody off a cliff and, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, and I mean, we, we laugh, and I laugh too, but I mean, yeah. that's a real concern for a lot of people. And, and if, if we want to reach a point where um, that becomes more adopted by society at large, there, there's got to be some kind of response to that or some kind of... Answer. You need a kill
1: switch in the car. Right. You need a big stop button or right. something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you,
1: you need a hardware override from within the car. That, that, that's the deal. Because, yeah, it, there's a uh, emergency break, basically. Sure. Yeah. People have uh, this, you know, I guess my thoughts on that in general are people have an extreme false sense of security about what they currently have and, and how, yeah. how actual uh, computers control so many aspects of their lives today. Yeah. Uh, you know, your electricity, your water, uh, all these things are controlled by, by machines, which have, which have software running them. Um, it, you know, even your cars, it, uh-huh. a, a lot of cars can be overtaken and hacked today. Uh, so yeah, it's a real fear. I would say driving everyone off a cliff, I think is a bit extreme. I, I, I don't know that. that would. Uh,
0: first first of off, that'd cliff. be. A,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. So they'd have Hard to, to drive. Far. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but, uh, but yeah, so taking over all the cars and all that i mean there are ways to to solve for that that are already implemented such as decentralization of of uh of the system Mm. Um, just like election hacking right it's like it's really hard to do because every precinct and everything else is completely independent of all the other ones so it's really hard to do mail hacking of those things um yeah so I, i guess it's a real fear but that fear if people are afraid of that they should they should already be afraid of what of what they
0: currently have. That that's actually a really really good point. And and the thing that I always respond with is, you know, yes, yeah, somebody might could potentially, I'm using air quotes for those listening, uh, yeah. could potentially hack something. That's a potential thing that could happen. But something that we know will happen is the number of accidents that we do with manual cars it's just off the charts. And it's, it's, it's like 10 times, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm using I'm not going to use a number cause it's wrong, but, but like, it's, it's, we, we know that people are going to be dying in very large numbers through the way we drive now yeah. over the next 10, 20 years. Um, and we know that self-driving cars, especially as they become more adopted, it's going to go down. And so that's what we know. We know that's yeah. going to happen. So,
1: you, you know, but it's, it, th- this goes back to the whole psychology of fear, right mm-hmm. because if you think about it like people are are, uh, like I'm a surfer uh, I go surf you know at least once a week and people always ask me oh my god aren't you afraid of sharks and like sure yeah if I saw a shark I'd be scared <laughs> that's yeah. a reasonable fear uh, but there's something like five people tops per year that get killed by sharks in the world uh, <laughs> so-, so
0: the way you, the way you said that was funny
1: it's it's but no that's serious right so it's an unreasonable fear because you know far more people die every single day just from driving to work so Mm. you know you should be more afraid of driving to work than you should be 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 eating by being eaten by a shark you know even if you're surf regularly so it's one of those things where you know self-driving cars and and all these things yeah I mean uh sure there, there is a reasonable like let's not be naive but at the same time you know, if, if we think about that, I mean, look at the money we spend on defense for the country uh, versus, you know, where a lot of those, uh, like something like the number of suicides from gun death, uh, suicide from guns, like extremely dwarfs all terrorist attacks on the yeah. U.S. and all these other. Like, so if you look at that, like we have these insane fears and I don't know where they come from, just maybe the psychology of, of us. Um about these extreme things, but they're all extremely rare. So I think self-driving cars, it'll be like a lot of technologies where at the beginning, people are really scared of it. And, and I know the first time I drove a Tesla with autopilot, I was scared too. I'm like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's weird. It's scary, yeah. But then after you do it a handful of times, you're more comfortable. Then after you do it a hundred times, you feel pretty good. And after you do it a thousand times, you don't even think about it, right? Yeah. Um, you don't even think about logging into your bank on your phone, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just, but at the same time, I know, you know, uh, my wife's dad who was like, absolutely not. I cannot have my bank stuff on my phone because somebody can hack my phone and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd say it's reasonable, but we'll get over it. Hopefully.
0: My dad won't give his credit card to, he always pays cash at restaurants. He won't give his credit card to a a waiter because he thinks they'll go like scan his card and be able to use it or something.
1: And and the reasonable fear there is you shouldn't use it at places like Target because they're the ones that have had you know millions of hacks, people. Yeah. Just, yeah you know the the waiters is the is the minor uh, the uh, minimal fear minimal risk compared to yeah using your card on Amazon or something yeah. like that
0: so we've been talking for a while and um, I probably want to start wrapping this up but I can't do that without talking about the the Model Three coming out and the launch and I know you're going to the thing at the end of the month the yeah. Model 3 launch so uh that's that's awesome what what, yeah. what are your expectations for that
1: um i expect to uh to be for there to be a lot of booze <laughs> and <laughs> and for it to be an absolute madhouse of people mm. um I, I am meeting up with some other tesla youtubers in advance so we're going to do a dinner so we're going to be filming that and cool. sharing that uh i'm going to try i'm going to put on my casey neistat hat and try to be a vlogger for a day which we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm expecting, but but from more of a Tesla standpoint, uh, I'm expecting to uh, hear and learn a lot more about the cars. Um, And I think we're gonna see some uh, insane breakthroughs in the Model 3 that haven't been released yet and haven't been announced. Um, Any ideas
0: of what those would be or?
1: Something related to the battery. Something related to the battery. Um, Like
0: a range extension?
1: Well, so you've you've talked a lot about uh, physics and these kind of things, right, and how these work. Um, I don't understand it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's just the basic thing the 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 bug I have that I can't I won't be able to let go until I see it or know for sure, but um, they have the the max battery will be a seventy five kilowatt hour battery, which mm. is the lowest on the Model S. On a Model S that gets about two hundred and forty miles, um, on the model three. Uh, we've seen photos uh, providing evidence that uh, that same 75-kilowatt-hour battery will get over 300 miles. Um, oh. Now, the Model 3 is a smaller car. It's more aerodynamic, all those kind of things. But I don't uh, think that's enough because, remember, the battery is the heaviest part of the car. Right. So my guess is that they've somehow found a way to make – Uh, higher energy density batteries uh, and you know at the cell at the battery cell level or whatever Mm -hmm. so I think we're because that's in my I mean and I haven't done the math on it right so this is just uh, my my hunch at this point that they must have some major innovation there otherwise they couldn't have got the car over 300 miles just simply by having a slightly smaller uh, a car with, with a little bit better aerodynamics or maybe even significantly better. I think mm-hmm. there has to be something in the battery that is going to be kind of groundbreaking. Um, and if that's true, then we may see uh, this. You know, I'm going to do a whole series on bold predictions, which are just based on complete, like, like logically they make sense, but I have no evidence of any of this, but it's just <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if that's true, if I'm right about this with the Model 3, and they've somehow doubled or come close to doubling the energy density in the cell, meaning they can have 50% less battery, meaning lighter, um, and and still get the same amount of energy out of it, then we may see a 500 plus mile range on a model S or X in the future. So that's my big thing I want to know for sure is have they made a breakthrough here? And if so, what does that mean? Because, because that's true. If I'm right about that, your, their stock shoot up to a thousand bucks to share it's gonna it's gonna because all of a sudden the electric car goes further than your gas car and it's just a little bit more expensive you
0: know wow so that really would be like the tipping point that was something else i was gonna kind of bring up at some point like what do you think will be the thing that makes the adoption of evs more it, it X, has to that be s curve everybody talks about
1: it has to be objectively better yeah. um the economics were in the us uh, for better or for worse, we worship money, and when the economics are better it wins that's, mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, it, it people that that you know um, criticize eVs for the only reason they're popular is because of the subsidies uh, there is some truth to that I think um, you know I think they're, they're that's no, not why they're popular, there. but yeah it, if you had to pay full price for them, certainly adoption would be slower, right. Yeah. Um, and we have evidence of that. If you look at Georgia, for example, when they killed the subsidy for uh, the Nissan Leaf, sales plummeted. Right. So there's there's all these these little indicators that yeah, when you kill the subsidies, they don't do nearly as well. Um, so, but when it is objectively better, when you can go look at a car uh, and say, look, this one is maybe uh, thirty thousand dollars, and it's a gas car, and it has all these maintenance things you have to do, and who knows what the price of gas is doing, and you know all this other crap, and it's the environment or maybe you don't even care about that and then here's here, here's here's an electric car which has you know twice as much torque it's it's the pickup and everything it's safer uh and it goes further and you can charge it at home so you don't have to wait a gas and it's cheaper yeah. and maybe it's five grand more at that point no one's going to be buying the, the gas cars so i think that'll be the tipping point the economics just have to make sense um, and it has to be objectively better because yeah. I mean, for, for the, the mass market, people don't have discretionary income to add $20,000 to the purchase of their car, you especially know?
0: not for any environmental reason or anything like that.
1: Yeah. I you mean, know, the t-
0: practicality has to come in when you're, when there, you're there, on a budget.
1: Yeah. There's a point of, of sanity at some point, right? Yeah. You know, so I think that it has to get just objectively better and then you'll see it. it it'll be... Why would I buy the other one? Now there has to be a reason for me to buy the other one, right?
0: But if they, if, okay, so what you said was that there were pictures, I guess what some of these like spy pictures that people were taking of these Model 3s that are out, they saw that it was getting over 300 like on the dashboards or on the screen?
1: Correct, yeah. There was a photo where they had the the center console and the car was charging and you could clearly see uh, how far it had charged to that point and how many miles. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and so you could just just extrapolate from there, uh, how far, how much, how many, uh, what the total range of the vehicle would be.
0: I don't know how I missed that because I I, I, have, <laughs> I have a Google thing and I'm always looking at any kind of Model Three story that comes up. That 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 would be huge. That's cool.
1: Yeah, and and I mean it's it's either above three hundred or at least at three hundred, and uh, so again, yeah. I just I, I don't you know somebody much smarter than me that maybe knows these things a lot better can say, no, it is just aerodynamics and blah, blah, blah. But to me, it doesn't seem like that's enough to go from, to get you an extra 70 miles over a model S with the same amount of energy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot of miles to add. So I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, there's, there's a lot more that I could talk about, but we've been going for a while now. Um, so why don't, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up and we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime. I, I'm really enjoying this, but, um, Go ahead and like, uh, tell the listeners like, where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Uh, just look for my channel, Teslanomics, uh, or um, on Twitter, Teslanomics Co, uh, or my website, teslanomics.co. Um, all those things. The website is just basically a parody of the YouTube channel, but some people like to, uh, I do have a, a pretty long blog post. So if you like to read instead of listening to me talk, you know, th- there's things like that on there. So that's, that's a, a good
0: resource as well. So you keep up a blog as well as the, the YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, every channel or every video I do, um, I have a blog post uh, that goes associated with it.
0: Oh my God, you're so much better than me. Um, (laughs) I want to be able to do stuff like that, but I haven't.
1: And if you click just in the description of the video, you'll see I have a big, you know, giant post associated with it. And then that is essentially the same thing that's on the blog. So you can get it in both places. On the blog, sometimes I'll have more things like I built, um, I don't know, did you see the Model 3 delivery calculator?
0: I did. Yeah, that was really cool.
1: So, so, for example, on the blog, that was embedded, right? That's in the page. And I obviously can't put that in the description of the video in YouTube. So, there are some things, and I'll probably be doing a little bit more. I, I do want to find some interns to help, like, with these basic things. Uh, just because, to me, I mean, it's like, it, it, they're very basic stuff I want to add or, or do. Um, and it's just time consuming. Um, so, you know, I, I do want to push more on that front. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I try to make sure every post has, a, every video has an associated blog post. Um, because yeah some people just prefer to to read through it instead of uh you know just look watching me yap for for fifteen minutes or whatever yeah.
0: well cool uh, I'm gonna wrap this up and uh ben do i I appreciate you doing this man this is really oh. cool and uh congrats on the channel uh you're almost at thirty thousand subscribers last time I saw, and
1: yeah, getting there uh, man.
0: just blowing up it's awesome um but anyway so i will I will wrap this up and uh I'll hit stop record in just a second. but
1: uh... (laughs) Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'm a little excited about the launch event now. If Ben's right and they've created some kind of battery breakthrough, this is a very, very big deal. Though, in hindsight, I wish I'd brought out the possibility that the extended range is simply because the Model 3 is not the performance car that the S is. Uh, But, you know, now that this has been recorded, actually since this has been recorded, uh, ben did a live stream where he seemed to confirm that the new battery technology is a thing, that he heard from somebody close to Tesla and that there's some big battery news that's going to be announced. So you can check out that video on the Nomics channel if you're interested. He, he talks about the new types of batteries they're expecting on the 3. Anyway, really cool stuff. I want to thank Ben for doing this interview. Don't be surprised if I force him to do another one. I actually had to chop some stuff out at this one because we were having way too much fun. And uh, anytime there's some big Tesla news, I may have him to come back on. But, yeah, go check out his channel. He's doing some really great work. You can find it at his website, teslanomics.co. Again, I'm Joe Scott. You can find all my podcasts on my website, answerswithjoe.com. You can reach out to me at answerswithjoe on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. And, of course, you can search Answers With Joe on YouTube. If you like this podcast, please take a second to leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's a brand-new podcast. We could use all the mojo we can get. And, of course, just telling your friends about it is a huge compliment. So with that, I will bid you adieu. You guys go out, have an eye-opening week, and I'll see you next time. Love you guys. Take care.